I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Woo, we're back. We are back. I didn't even have to, like, check. I was, like, so confident in what our opening was. <laughs> That's a first. I know. Usually we have to, like, re-record it at least once. And, right. And you're making fun of me. Uh, yeah i mean kind of rightfully so i do have an encounter recently where a redhead came to my show yeah comedy show and i introduced myself when i introduced them to mitch and she goes um of mitchell yes that's so funny (laughs) that was fun um hey guys we missed you we missed you so much oh my god and today we're gonna go ahead and cover the 1990 film version of the handmaid's tale indeed it is a time I enjoyed it. I'm gonna. I don't want to be ambiguous about this at all. I had a great time. Unlike this movie, yeah. Jk. Actually, this movie's pretty unambiguous. Also, yeah. I think ambiguity is hard in film, and I think yeah. it was particularly hard in the pre-aughts. Yeah. Like, because even if like, you look at uh, film of like the sort of like 60s and 70s uh, when everything changed. Even if you look at films from that era, it's like, oh, okay, like, you're just not, like, a big Technicolor musical, and Weird. that's avant-garde. <laughs> Versus, like, in the 90s, they were like, wow, what if film was, like, different? Yeah. But, like, they couldn't quite figure it out. <laughs> they were just like, we don't know how to make things. Something. <sighs> we'd, we'd love for this to be ambiguous, but it's too hard. <laughs> So before we get into the movie, is there any Handmaid's news? Um, the Emmys are coming up. I think in thirteen days. I think. Oh wow, we should we're coming we should up do on something about that. I guess. Should we like tweet them or something? Maybe we can just like live tweet. I don't know. I might be. In- do you have regular TV? No. So we. <laughs> what? No, but we can probably get it live. I guess. Look, we can talk about this offline. Okay. There's no need to subject um, everybody. And I might be on vacation, though, so we should check it out. Okay, whatever. We're probably not going to do it. Just, We're probably not going to do it. Just set your expectations. Like, we'll probably just like, post something on Facebook. It's like, good job. We're probably you got robbed. This is uh, the last of like our contractually obligated handmaid's <laughs> material until... Did you uh, sign a contract? Oh, you didn't? Oh, dear. The man in the hat told me I had to. <laughs> Oh, that's The man strange. in the yellow hat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he stole me from Africa. Fuck that. Oh, my dude. God. That is inappropriate. I'm too curious for my own good. <laughs> um, but this is like the last thing that we said for sure we could cover. And truly, it's the last honest to goodness Handmaid's Tale related content that I think we're going to have until the next season. So. I don't think there's any handmade. I think all the Handmaid's Tale content available we have covered. I think we've officially consumed. The only <laughs> other thing we could do is listen to the audiobook with Claire Danes and yeah. be like, we like it slash we don't like it. Yeah, I don't think that'll warrant an episode. No, um, I don't want to listen to but it. But what's fun is from now on until the next season is it's going to be Kelly and Molly doing whatever the good goddamn they want. Funsies! So we'll probably be, we're definitely going to do Ever After. <gasps> We've, oh, we have we not said that? No, yet? we have. Oh, we I'm have. Just, okay. I, that was an, a gasp. It was an ambiguous gasp of oh, excitement. Wow. It was so <laughs> ambiguous. So we're going to, the next thing that we're going to cover is we're going to do an Ever After episode just for funsicles. Um, and then we were talking about some other projects. We'll likely cover Alias Grace when it comes out in November. Yeah, we're still figuring out how we want to handle that because it's coming out on a weekly basis mm-hmm. in Canada starting in September. Right. And then they're doing the Netflix dump in November. Right. So we don't know what we want 
to do about it. Right. Uh, but we're thinking probably more like November. Yeah. And it it might not be an episode by episode thing. Yeah, we're busy. We're so busy. Um, But stay tuned. Uh, all that is to say we've got some cool content coming yeah. your and way. Keep an eye on the Facebook page. We're constantly refreshing the content there. Yeah. Even if I have to scrape the bottom of the barrel of Handmaid's Tale related content and relate many things tangentially, by God, as long as there is breath in my body, I will post on the Facebook page. You're, uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you very much. I'm working really hard on it. I know you are. Uh, and you're doing a great job as well. Oh, thank you. I think you're a wonderful partner. Doing a great job. Yep. Shine and theory. If you, redheads, would like to support us in some way, just stay tuned. We will have an opportunity for you to do so. Oh, we're going to let you support us. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> we're going to take all the help we can get. Well, it's true. Yeah, because I quit my job. Oh, that's right. I yeah, that's a little anybody. life update. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, uh, my job stopped paying me, so I quit. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a good reason to quit a job. And my update is I'm having a second period this month. <laughs> because of the eclipse. I genuinely believe so. Mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't stopped having my period this whole month. Yeah, good news on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, I started back on the pill okay. to try and get my adult acne under control. Oh. If you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> at Kelly Anakin, you know my struggles. <laughs> P.S. What's your Twitter handle, Molly? At Serious Molly. Anyway, um, I got back on the pill and I've been spotting for three weeks. Weird. Yeah, and it's like that gross, like brown spotting, mm-hmm. and it's like ew. Yeah, body, get it together. So that's a reminder. Follow us on Twitter and make sure to use the hashtag Shout Your Period uh, to spread awareness about what your old vagina is doing lately. <laughs> My vagina is young. Thank you. Your vagina. <laughs> Okay. It's a young vagina. I use the diva cup that is for virgins. <laughs> Mine has survived many an era. <laughs> All right. So what, shall- did you have like a vagina transplant? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. My vagina is like an old Jim Henson Muppet. Like just like. <laughs> just kidding. It's beautiful. Actually, it's more like Thor and Oak your, and Shield. Do you call your vagina Prairie Dawn? <laughs> I do now. I do now. Oh, all right. So, so the Handmaid's Tale, the movie, is available on Amazon Video. You can pay nine ninety nine for it. Don't try to watch it on YouTube, friend, because that link has expired. Because I I started it and it started <laughs> being like, oh, here's the like studio, you know, uh, pre roll, mm-hmm. and then it was like, nopesies. We'll post a screenshot it's, of the image that came up instead because it is hilarious. It is strikingly, astonishingly funny. And I think it is, genuinely, I think it's our fault that it's off because when we were having lunch before this, we are like, isn't it funny that it's still available for free on YouTube? You'd think they would have nipped that in the bud and nip it, they did. I mean, I think they nipped it a while ago. Right. Well, I think it's our fault. <laughs> okay. All listen. right. <laughs> so this movie came out in 1990. It stars Natasha Richardson, Faye Dunaway, and Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. And Aiden Quinn. Aiden Quinn. Who looks much better now that he's aged. I was I seeing a photo of him on Wikipedia, and he's like filled out. Like he's too skinny and like crazy eyed for me. In I kind of like him in this. It's. I find that so funny because I feel like that's normally my jam. <laughs> Although really, the only person I think I'm attracted to in this movie was Elizabeth McGovern. Oh my God. To be perfectly honest. Me she too. She was such a gorgeous lady when she was young. I mean, she still is really gorgeous. She's tremendously beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so the first fun part about this movie is the director's name is Volkor Schlongdorf, which is not a Muppet name, but a real so man's name. He 
was a German director. Oh, really? Who I believe was primarily known for The Tin Drum, which was a movie about a tin drum. Oh, good. That lost its parents. I'm sorry? I'm kidding. I don't know know or care what it was about. It's one tin drum search for true love across the decades. He's a tin drum, but he wanted to be a drum made of that other stuff. (laughs) Whatever drums. It's like the ugly duckling, but about a drum. I assume that's what it is. Uh, At any rate, so... Boy, weird, weird choice. Like, the 90s apparently was this era. Like, you know how in the wake of World War II, the U.S. was like, hey, all you scientists that helped the Nazis out, come on over. The water's oh. fine. It feels like in the 90s, it was like in the wake of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Like, everybody was like, yeah, come to the America, yeah. I don't know why they are speaking in a German <laughs> accent in America, but... Very, very strange. Because... Originally, the director was supposed to be a guy named Carl Rice or Reese, despite being three quarters German, very little of the language. <laughs> uh, he was supposed to direct it, but then he was like, fuck this. And uh, old Volker, Volker, Volker Schlondorf. Let's stick with Schlondorf. Schlondorf then was his replacement. It was like, well, it clearly has to be a German. I am free. This. I could do it. Yeah, I would like to tell the story of the rape. Yeah. Uh, there's actually, there's more to the story than that. No! <laughs> Nine! J.K. Volker, you, Only did, rape. you did make a pretty good movie. And the screenwriter, the screen adaptation was written by... Harold Pinter. Where do I know that name from? Harold Pinter is a very well-known playwright. Oh. He was married to Colleen McCullough, I think. Am I thinking of the right person? I don't know. He was married. No, Antonia Frazier he was married to, mm. who wrote the Marie Antoinette biography that the Sofia Coppola movie. Yeah. This is, um, you know, Six Degrees of Harold Pinter. Apparently. There we go. So he was a very celebrated playwright. He used to hang out with the Beatles and stuff. Oh, that's nice. He was like a very cool guy. And what I found interesting about this movie is that he basically feels like he did not actually write the screenplay. He was writing the screenplay with Carl Reese, and then Carl Reese left, and then they wanted some changes made. Schlondorf did, and he was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm too tired. I don't want to finish this, and I'm going to fuck off. Harold Pinter did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Harold Pinter did. And, like, basically... So, and I was reading some stuff, and I think you saw this too, where Natasha Richardson was very frustrated that he yeah. cut out all of the voiceover. So that's the first notable difference between this and any other adaptation is that there's no uh, Offred's internal monologue. There's a little bit at the end, at the and very end. It. Yeah, like there's so little of it. Yeah, as to be irrelevant. Yeah, but the question is. What happened? Like basically, Harold Pinter's attitude was, "Well, let Margaret Atwood finish this," and so then it was sort of just like a collabo or a non-doing of stuff between Schlondorf and Margaret Atwood. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so we she... were kind of giving Harold Pinter a lot of credit for like having lifted a lot of the dialogue from the book, but it may have just right. been them being like, "Well, he didn't finish this, uh... so let's just put some stuff from the book in here." Well, was, yeah, I, I I would say fairly well done. Um, and I, I wonder whose idea the drastic ending change was. Oh, man, because, we'll get to that. Yeah, I, I'm curious if that was a Harold Pinter or if Margaret Atwood was like, get it? <laughs> it's get really it, it's different. It's really a cutting ending, don't you think? 
Oh boy. Different I'll, ending, she, different media. She was like, they're like, can you write a, a different ending for the film? Mm, I'll take a stab at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sorry, could you write it? Mm, we'll see. I'm on the knife's edge of trying to decide. <laughs> no, you need to. Are you, yes, I'll do it. I'll. I, that goes without saying. I'm of course. Canadian, of course. I of will. course. I'm very agreeable. <laughs> so we open with a very silly um, setup text. It was very. It's very nineties. It's very in a world, like <laughs> in a world, but it, where we don't have time to get into the backstory. <laughs> it basically begins with the country went wrong, and now it's known as Gilead. <laughs> And what is striking about this, I think, is that this and the TV adaptation chose the same scene to open with, which is Luke and Offred fleeing Gilead in the car. And what is there was a weird moment at the very beginning here where they kind of switched to was driving, which was odd. I didn't even see that. I it's, was too busy singing, the hills are alive. As you should be. So they're driving, driving, driving. Little girl is in the back of the car and they start hiking through open snowy fields of wherever they are. And they put the little girl in a toboggan, which was, I think, a smart move. And but not smart enough, Kelly. No, because then, you know, <laughs> they get up to the border and we hear a voice be like, this is the border of the Republic of Gilead. You cannot go any further. Turn around. And then, OK, we need to talk about Luke. Uh, Yeah, if we talk about him at all, we'll talk about him more than this movie did. Uh, So Luke is like, oh, I'll keep him busy. Except he really doesn't do a good job because they shoot him dead. Immediately. Unequivocally dead within like 30 seconds. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, presumably Offred, whose name we don't know yet, I don't think. No. uh, She just loses her shit and like abandons her daughter, basically. Very weird. She like runs up to the body. And then is the daughter, like, was she... The daughter is, like, in the bushes, but visible. We found out that her name was Jill. Right. And so, like, they come and they take Offred, but, like, I don't know if they took Jill or what they They must have... I don't know how they could have missed her, because Offred is literally pointing in her direction, going, my baby, save my baby, my baby, Jill, my baby. It's like, (laughs) baby, over there, in that corner. Don't forget, there's the the baby baby there. Get the baby. It's very odd. I didn't really like how they handled that. Yeah, so I am already immediately not a huge fan of this off-red because, oh my God. You had to know that this was a possibility of like your husband getting shot dead in front of you. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't freak out. Right, freak out. What I am saying is don't have your kid be really far behind you. Yeah. And, like, make such a spectacle of yourself. Yeah, freak out in the other direction. Just do that. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, she's starting out She's starting out with a negative rating for me. <laughs> but then I think this is where things really get kicked into high gear. Because these were my favorite scenes in the movie when they're showing everybody going into the sorting center. Uh-huh. And this movie came down real hard on the idea that they were separating all the black people and killing them. Yeah, I feel... Well, no, but they weren't upsetting. killing the black... I mean, at least in that theory... That was the subtext Yeah, there. <laughs> I don't know. It was unclear, but, like, I appreciated that they left it in. I mean, there are reasons, obviously, they didn't leave it in in right. the new adaptation, but I think ignoring the racial aspect is a disservice to the original text. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that necessarily, but it was very frightening in this um i mean the whole thing because i mean they were separating out all the women Mm -hmm. they were 
herding all of the black people onto trucks and taking them one place. You see all of the potential handmaids because like, and you're hearing them announcing like the test results over a loudspeaker and like one woman like loses her mind and is like, no, I'm like positive. I'm fine. But she probably wasn't like, let's be real. And then they went real unambiguous with the symbolism that they were trying to do when they showed the women who were separated and bound for the colonies. They put them in a car that was literally marked livestock crossed off and they wrote like a number and then the female sign is like get it get it yes we we get it they're breeding women are animals no those were not no those were not those were not I got the impression. I thought those were handmaids. No, because the handmaids got taken away in a bus. The people I that got they taken went away in the truck to a different location. I thought they went with a hippie to a second location, <laughs> and then they were put on the bus. <laughs> Never go with a hippie to a second location. No, I think you're supposed to get that those women screaming in the cattle car were being taken to the colonies. Okay, because I think there's a point where you can see the negative women being cordoned off into one space, and the positive women because there are f- way fewer positive women than there are okay. uh, negative. So that's what I read that as. But it was chilling. Like I, I got hate goosebumps. Group panic, whether you're in it or just observing it, is horrible. <sighs> because and we have heard this before, but you know when Moira says that stuff is catching. Yeah, like human panic is one of like the most communicable things that there is absolutely it's insane that's well said Mm -hmm. thank you um so that was very scary and i liked that um at no point in this movie do they try to make it look especially futuristic which i really appreciate Mm -hmm. um because it does look like something that could happen just in the you know 1990 by the way that things are organized and that fire off land i will have a few things to say when we get to jezebel's okay about that all right so I found that very scary and well done. So on the bus with the handmaids, we discover <laughs> that Moira and Alfred don't know each other already because we've seen Ugh. them before they get put on the bus. They're both smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, they're already, like, they've hooked up and they right. already know each other. But then on the bus, it becomes clear that they've just met. Which is very strange. I think this screen adaptation made an extremely conscious choice to be like, we don't care about pre-Gilead Kate, who is June. We don't care about pre-Gilead Alfred at all. Mm-hmm. So they cut oh, and, out... And, the- pre- and, and current Gilead Alfred doesn't care about Luke. She, <laughs> she is not bummed that he died. And granted, he was not cute. Right. He was not cute. I was offended that he wasn't OT fact by the way. Yeah, it was... Awful. To my core. But like she, at, literally never. never in this entire movie <laughs> does she even feel a twinge of sadness. Like bitch was looking for an upgrade. Like let's be honest. <laughs> I am not sure. Things were bad for us. I am not us. sure that what she gets is that upgrade. But And I, you know, I think this choice to not talk about that because when you don't talk about her pre-Gilead life, you sidestep the idea of the affair and her mother certainly. Mm-hmm. And it cuts out a big chunk, but it's not necessarily. You don't really. Need I wonder it. if they had left any of the voiceover in there. I wonder. I yeah. wonder if she might have said anything because, like, I can totally see that there's no point in her talking about missing her husband to any of the people, right. except maybe Moira. But if Moira didn't know him, like, right, it was an interesting choice. And I think for how long is this movie? Almost two hours. Okay, so considering all that they did leave in, I'm not terribly upset that they cut that out, but it's just yeah, interesting to notice. Yeah, I find myself missing it. I missed her internal monologue, but I, I guess I didn't really miss talking about the affair or anything. Yeah. So, and, but it is strange that Moira and, and we learn her name is Kate are not friends. 
That's interesting. I wonder why they landed on that name. Yeah, it's pretty basic. Yeah, basic. That may be why they want her to be like every woman. Right. No offense to you if your name is Kate. That's a perfect. Yeah, fine that's name. what I was going to name a baby if I had a baby. So. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's very interesting to know. Yeah, I'm a very interesting person once you get to know me. I, I'm finding that out. <laughs> I am finding that out. So they go to the Red Center and instead of, I believe in the book, they're, they tattoo all the handmaids and in the TV show, they give them like a cattle uh, earring. Yeah. And in this one, they just give them like a Bonnaroo wristband <laughs> to just have, uh, which is very silly. Yeah, it's made of metal. Right. Um, we're like, okay. Cool, cool. Like, I feel like you could squeeze your hand out of that, honestly. Maybe. Because yeah. I've worn plenty of bracelets that you can just sort of, like, right. worm your way out of. Right, right. So, bad move, Gilead. So that was a little silly. I don't think that's great. I don't think that's great either. And what did you think of the aunts? Because I know the aunts are your favorite. They are my favorite. I did really love their outfits. I like tasteful separates. Yeah, you liked their, like, Madame Hooch, like, yeah. oh, summer collection. It's so great. Who's Madame Hooch? From Harry Potter. She's the Quidditch teacher. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, who got the hooch? <laughs> Bitch, you made an exploding snap joke earlier. I know, I'm but really I forgot surprised. that that lady had a name. Oh, she does. Wow. Yeah. Women don't have names Sorry, to you. Sorry, Zoe Wanamaker. <laughs> Who plays her in the movies. So you remembered that. You just didn't remember the character name? Nope. Wow, weird. Uh, to be fair, the character did not have a multi-episode arc on Mr. Selfridge. Well, can't fault me there. Nope. Can't fault you there. I also liked the tasteful separates of the aunts. I liked the pearl necklace. I thought that was a real saucy touch. It's interesting that the two groups of people in Gilead who wear jewelry are the aunts and the wives and the wives have an interesting collection of jewelry and that they all have like regulation 80s mom earrings <laughs> regulation 80s mom brooch and just pearls as well yeah it's it's kind of astonishing because i mean and i feel this was more the case pre-internet because i feel like it kept being the 80s until about 1993. You know what I mean? And then finally the 90s as a decade started like happening. Uh. And then kind of the same thing with like the late 90s. Mm. You know, it took a little while to become the aughts, but it went a little bit right. quicker because we had the internet and, you know, right. information was traveling faster than the speed of light or something. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I'm not sure. But this movie is so clearly like stuck in the 80s. Yeah. It's so of the 80s. <laughs> of 80s. Yeah, of 80s. <laughs> Have you met our new handmaid of 80s? Of Madonna. <laughs> I love the costumes in this movie, with the exception of... I don't like that the handmaids don't have their white hats. I don't like the handmaids' outfits. Nor do I. In general. Let's just say it. They're yeah. a little boxy. Like, And it's not that I mind that they like look unattractive. Uh -huh. It's just like, okay, like it feels lazy. I did feel lazy to me as well. Especially because I felt like there was a lot more detail in the ants and the yeah. wives. Yeah. Um, the Marthas were pretty nondescript. Which is fine. The commander was all about the Top Gun jumpsuits. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. It felt either. like, you know, like, it just feels like your grandpa, like, on the weekends, you know? He's yeah. like, oh, it's very, you know, like... Very freeing. <laughs> yeah, I agree that the handmaid's outfits are a little bit sloppy. And they have like dark black stockings with it, which yeah, I didn't which like, is, like either. Tacky. Yeah. So I miss the white hats. But other than that, I think everybody else's outfit yeah, is flawless. Yeah, because in lieu of the white hats, they have this sort of gauzy red veil. And <sighs> it seems kind of pointless. Yeah, because you can like still see their slutty ass hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Do not even get me started. <laughs> Offred's hair changes between <laughs> shots. Like bad move, Schlondorf. <laughs> Schlondorf. Like, like she'll go, she'll go from like having totally frizzed out hair to looking like she just got a home permanent. Well, to be fa- <laughs> to be fair, it is if it's going to be taking place in Boston, presumably, even though it was shot in North Carolina. Yeah, it's it going to be like, they humid. Never said anything. They never really tried to make right. it make it clear where it was, but. Uh, we know. We know. We know. We've we know. watched and read everything available to us. Oh, God. We really have. Where this, oh my God. this movie takes place. So we see Faye Dunaway. And this is a departure from the book or the TV show where they have kind of like a pre-interview for the position of handmaid. Yeah. It's like making sure she's a good fit as an intern. I guess so. <laughs> but then Faye Dunaway comes and is flawless. Oh my god. I really thought that she had the performance that was the closest to the tone of the show. Yes. Uh, I I felt very strongly, and I guess you'd have to sort of reverse engineer this to Yvonne Stravahovsky. Stravahovsky? Jesus. It's been too long. She's so fun to follow on Instagram because bitch just camps so much and she loves taking pictures of animals. Oh, she's excellent. Okay. Anyway. I totally could see this Serena Joy as like an older version of that Serena Joy. Minus, I think she lacks the aggression that Yvonne Strahovski has. I... Because she has very much like like dynasty level aggression where it's all like, I you guess, know she's mad, but, but she's like, not doing anything. That's what I mean. I feel like this Serena Joy has figured out a way to let that anger serve her and like mask that anger. Because it yeah. felt, it just to me, and your mileage may vary, but it felt very of a piece of the way that... Yvonne Strahovski's performance comes across given like 20 or 30 years maturation. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll buy that. I I mean, I think that you are right. And I think that, you know, making the choice for Yvonne to be such a young wife could account for why she is so physically aggressive with her yeah. but i would have liked to see more of that in this because i was never scared of her i wasn't either i mean that's sort but of the y- thing and i've seen the movie before mm-hmm. and i just felt like the stakes felt really low the whole they time did. it was just like oh this is like a movie of the week yeah once we were past the red center i wasn't scared ever because she's kind of just walking around the house she doesn't have that really othering bonnet on and serena joy though she seems like she has her shit together and is maybe a little mean is never scary like offred mouths off to her a bunch yeah in this movie which i don't like so my one critique of faye dunaway's performance is like be more physically aggressive yeah and i guess they used so much physical intimidation in the show yeah and you you know in this it's like what possible reason do these people have to comply yeah like the punishments don't seem that severe even though like they keep saying it's like it's a show don't tell situation because offred keeps being like i don't want to go to the colonies i'm like "Eh, it's probably fine right they make chili Even when they punish Janine, it's just her feet, like the bottoms of her feet. They that wasn't Janine, though. That was a different oh, God. Uh, handmaid. And they did, they did cut off Moira's hand at some point. Right. But, man, all white women look the same to me. I'm no, having a I lot mean, of trouble here. Those two more so than the rest of them. I mean, in this movie. Right. As a general <laughs> rule, 
I'm not even Kelly. I'm actually Kelly's friend. Oh my God, yeah. Jackie, what are you doing here? Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. I suppose the other wardrobe choice we'd like to talk about is in the red center, they are all wearing government issued scrunchies. Made of terry cloth. And we, uh, now there's an entire Vulture article. We're going to post. That goes through all of the hair fuckery. <laughs> In this, although I don't think they were as upset about Offra's hair as I was. Maybe they were, but I don't remember. But they did spend a lot of time talking about these scrunchies. They're awful. And I'm like, how are they even keeping your hair up? Because they don't look like they have that much elastic. And you can tell when she graduates from being like a handmaid in training to be an actual handmaid, she switches from scrunchies to like those really, those rubber bands that used to have a little flex of gold in them. Yeah. I bet they had that like really scratchy, like metal piece holding it together that way it caught in your hair. And you'd get scratched on if you're trying to adjust your ponytail. Or if you had it around your wrist. Everybody here had one. Don't you lie to me and say you didn't have hair ties like that. I mean, what if we have like really young millennials listening? They may have only known. Well, go to Urban Outfitters and see if they have this. The Ouchless (laughs) Hair Elastic. Oh, man. God love them, Ben. But those, those hair elastics were a sign of the time. I also really hate the Red Center shoes. They're wearing white stockings with these like really weird looking like black Mary Janes made of velvet. Mm -hmm. Not a fan of those. And I feel like all of the women in this movie look like Fievel Moskowitz's sister. Okay, so your thesis is everybody in this movie looks like Tanya Moskowitz yeah. from Fievel, what is the first Fievel movie? American Tale. American Tale. Yeah. I only Basically. subscribe to the Goes West canon. Like, I, look, I, look, we all know that Wyatt Burp is fantastic. Is that his name, Wyatt Burp? Yes, I have okay. watched it recently. I can confirm. Okay, great. Uh, also, Jimmy Stewart's amazing in that movie. Does not hold up. Oh really? Unfor- I was I was as upset Why, as anybody. Is Tiger like really racist or something? <laughs> oh, no, Tiger's not racist. <laughs> like it's just not good. It's just not fun to watch as an adult. Oh oh oh! And it's also a lot shorter than you remember. I feel like that movie went on for years when I was a little kid, <laughs> and it was like ninety minutes. You know, it's really strange. I never really got into that whole Dom Blue thing. Ooh, like, I, I loved know it. I saw an American Tale. Although Radigan, is it Radigan? No, that's in the Great Mouse. That's Detective. Great Mouse Detective. Um, what was the name of the big? Uh, it's rat? a cat. It's a cat in right. Five but he's pretending school. to be a rat. Right. Anyway, I, that movie scared the crap out of me. Everything scared the crap out of it's me. It's very scary. But I was not into the Secret of Nim. Did you fuck with with Anastasia? <sighs> oh my god! Look, man, it's very historically inaccurate. Okay, but nobody knows who was Anastasia. Okay, but Once Upon a December okay, yeah, that's, is a dope song. That's great, and I appreciate that Bernadette Peters is in it. <laughs> but it's like, that's the problem with it, though, is like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, like it really does feel like an episode of like Rita and Runt on Animaniacs <laughs> versus like a full-length movie. All right, well. It's like, it's fun, you know, when Kelsey Grammer's on the wagon and everything, but. I really wish that there was like, um, like a Hobbit animated version of The Handmaid's Tale. That's what I want now. <laughs> you just want to have more Handmaid's Tale I content. need more content! <laughs> Well, you know, I think everything should be content. Everything should be content. Especially friendship. Oh, my God. Let's get back on track. We're not monetizing this friendship. Is it real? (laughs) By the way, buy contacts. Buy (laughs) out-of-print clothing. Clothes. I'm serious, though. Thank you, everybody who's been buying out-of-print. Actually, yes. That sponsorship has been great. That is great. Thank you. It's phenomenal. And we hope you're enjoying the clothing that you have bought. I sure am. So then we meet the commander we actually i think the device that is used really well in this movie is seeing clips 
of the, the news. news and i love they have the little like illuminati pyramid <laughs> from the dollar bill like rotating in the upper corner i'm like oh shit the illuminati was real all along <laughs> beyonce had nothing to do with it <laughs> of jay oh my god wait have you been following this whole taylor swift thing okay i'm gonna tell you right now before we get begin talking i'm a huge taylor swift stan so i'm stan you're a stan i'm a stan taylor oh yes. okay stan like the eminem song okay we, we we've actually been asked my to tears run cold at one exactly okay anyway what's your uh, point? we've been asked to define the acronyms we're using so stan is like when you're a really hardcore fan of somebody to the point of obsession I like no that that was a thing no no well i'm teaching you uh it's a reference to the eminem songs stan where oh. he talks about a fan being super duper obsessed with him that is upsetting yeah anyway it's, it, are you gonna kill taylor Swift? no it's fun and playful are you gonna kill your your pregnant girlfriend who's in the trunk of your car no uh just kidding no i will not am i gonna am i gonna be writing a letter one day and go damn molly it was you <laughs> no okay anyway it's a fun playful internet slang nobody's dying anyway i just look i kind of I was traveling and visiting my family, so I was not paying much attention to Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. You never do. I never do. I am not a stan. I don't think this song is as bad as everybody is saying it is. I think it's super on the nose, but I think that Taylor does have a tendency Taylor's to be... Taylor's always been on the nose. Yeah. Like, what, where has the subtlety ever been in her songwriting? Uh, exactly. And I don't think that's a bad thing, like, necessarily. But this is, like, super whacking the point home. It's not her best song, but it's not horrible. What I learned is that... So every... The way that I tend to listen to music, mm-hmm. with the exception of a few artists, is I care about one of their albums, and that's it. Oh. And hers was 1989. It's a good album. It's a good album. And now I'm like, I don't care about anything you do ever again, Taylor Swift. Oh, I think it is one of her best albums, but if you're interested, Red and Fearless are also really yeah, good albums. Yeah, okay, cool. But Fearless I'm, is more country. I'm just like never going to do it. I can't That's explain fine. it. That's fine. That's weird. I, I, I think she's fine. I love her. All right. So we finally get to the scene where they're prepping for the ceremony and they're all in the room. And what is interesting about this version versus any other version we've seen is they popcorn read the Bible. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did we miss the part where she got her veil and stuff from Anthony Michael Oh, Hall? yeah, you're right. Okay, rewind before she goes to live with them officially. Well, and so she and Moira have been meeting in the bathroom as they do in the book mm-hmm. just because they're suddenly best friends. Right. And Moira has decided that she is going to faint and like fake sick so that she can like maybe escape or something like yeah. that. It's kind of vague, but like basically because Offred has been like, oh, I got, well, she's kind of not Offred yet, but. Right. She's like, hey, I just don't like calling her Kate. For I refuse reason. to call her Kate. It also bothers me. Um, <laughs> I thinks, just got used to that, June. She thinks that none of the wives like her. And she thinks <laughs> that the commit, like, she's just like, she's like, it's so weird. This thing that she doesn't even want to happen. She's like, why don't they like me? <laughs> well, that brings up a good point because in this version, they have the conceit that if the commander's not home, you kind of get sent back to the red center to just hang out which honestly sounds great sounds awesome comparatively speaking yeah yeah because then i think i think it's really smart from like a civic planning perspective (laughs) because it's like okay if he's not around like so much of all the crap that went down in the show and Mm. even in the book between serena joy and offred is like when the commander is not around right so did you want to say anything else about that scene where they're doing the veiling it reminded me of vacation bible school (laughs) (laughs) with the hand gestures and don't want it don't want it 
Uh, also, you know, the forced childbearing. That was a VBS standard. <laughs> They're like, all right, guys, we're going to make a God's eye craft, and then we're going to force childbear. We made so many God's eyes. That's the easiest craft to do. You get two two sticks, you get two sticks, you get two different colors of yarn, you're good to go. It's not even like a lanyard where you have to find somebody to start it. Like, you literally tie a knot, you've begun your God's eye. Do you ever make a bracelet out of, like, an old telephone wire that they cut <laughs> open? Like, they would get, like, old cables Where'd from the phone company. Where'd you go to prison camp? Yeah. No. It was vacation Bible prison camp. <laughs> from you're talking about from like the curly cord on the telephone. No, 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 no. From like a like a telephone line. Okay. Like that swoops between telephone poles. <laughs> Inside there are numerous very pretty colored wires and you can make a bracelet out of them. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh it was great. That was my favorite craft. No, we had embroidery floss like civilized people. Uh yeah. We were hardcore. You could kill someone with our friendship bracelet. Oh my bracelets. god, you really could. It's like piano wire friendship bracelet. You wouldn't last a day in Southwest Ohio. I really wouldn't. I'm starting to think I wouldn't. So now we get to popcorn reading the Bible. And yeah, and and it is well, it's just the commander and Serena Joy, right? And he says Bilha, but I feel like it should be Bilha. I don't know why. I don't know what the correct pronunciation is, but Robert Duvall, I'm again it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a dog in this race. I also don't like Robert Duvall. I know. Just like, period. <laughs> what did you say? He said his face offends me. His face does offend me. <laughs> I don't like his face. I think that it's upsetting looking. He's like all the worst parts of like Martin Sheen, Woody Harrelson, and Robert De Niro. Didn't you say Matthew McConaughey? Yes. <laughs> I yeah. think that more than Woody, but him and Woody are pretty interchangeable. That's kind of how I was feeling. I think I was still very like War for the Planet of the Apes in my mind. So. Who's a like equally shitty Southern guy to Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson? What do you mean equally shitty? Like if we were doing Screw Mary Kill, who's the third one? Oh, oh, I don't know. Okay, we'll take the offline. I feel like they're the only two. We'll take this offline. So we get to the ceremony, and here's the thing: I do not know why I came into watching this movie thinking it was going to be a fun romp and a fun time. Because I, I don't think- either. Because you really had this going on in your head. Like I thought we would have a fun romp. Maybe that's. I mean, we made we made lunch, mm-hmm. we ate pie. We caught up, mm-hmm. you know. I think that's where I was getting it conflated because I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to hang out with Kelly for a long time. It's going to yeah, be great. I haven't seen her." Romp. Anything Handmaid's Tale related, you'd think we'd know by now. Well, never a romp. Well, because even if there are <laughs> rompable qualities. <laughs> Well, and you could tell how much it was bothering us because at the end we just kind of devolved into chatting because we not because the movie wasn't interesting, but because like we needed our security quips well, <laughs> to like, make us feel better. You know, every time they do the ceremony, it's like we think that we're used to it, but we're I not. I know. We should be so and used to like, it by Robert now. Duvall's body language Ugh. when Ugh. this is, it was so gross. I don't even want to talk about it. It was like undulation. Ugh. It was made that worse. That you should never see from an old man. Ugh. No undulating old men. Ugh. Not even in Grand Exotic Marigold Hotel. Ew. Do they have undulating old men? I don't know. Probably. I've I never, never seen that. Yeah, me neither, because I'm not 57. I do have a Downton Abbey podcast, though, so I am 57. <laughs> no shade at listeners who are 57. It's a perfectly respectable age. We're just not there We're just yet. not at your level Except one day. Me, kind of. <laughs> um, so, yes, it, it was gross. And it was made worse because Natasha Richardson is making sounds during. And it She's was making, just, like, oh. yelps of pain. She's sobbing. Oh, so bad. Faye Dunaway is also sobbing, because I think... I think we don't see the first ceremony right in well as far as we know TV we show? don't 
Yeah, but it's just like, you know, they've they've managed to like get it down to like a horrible science Ugh. versus here, they're all very upset still. Gross. Except for Robert Duvall, who is fine. He's fine I guess so, all. yeah. But there's just nothing grosser than a fully clothed man Ugh. having sex. Take your clothes off, Ugh. man. But there's be an no adult. reason. Gross. Very gross. And then this scene is bookended by... She goes to the bathroom afterwards because she's upset and she just lets her titties hang out and is looking out the window with two boobs out. And they make the most of Natasha Richardson's nipples. Oh, my God. This is her legacy. This really. That's so mean. This is what this is what Liam Neeson shows their half orphan children. Oh, mean. I'm not going to co-sign that joke. He's like, remember your mother. No. These are her nipples. Also, don't get taken. You I know nursed, it seems... You nursed from those nipples. Kelly. <laughs> Elizabeth Anakin. My middle name is Anne. <laughs> oh, that's even easier. I bit it. It's horrible. I cannot believe that you would say that about Liam Neeson's children. Uh, it's a hypothetical. Oh, my God. I'm sure he doesn't deliberately traumatize his own Lord. Kids. Yes. Well, even... <laughs> Oh, my God. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am not. <laughs> anyway, they you can tell they negotiated hard for top stuff with <laughs> Natasha Richardson, much like a young Molly Sanchez, uh, because they use they use her her boobs a lot in this movie. Back up. <laughs> People what? have to negotiate for top stuff with me all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. All when? the time. All the time. Is this in the contract you signed with the man in the yellow hat? <laughs> yes. He said top stuff was mandatory. I don't know why you didn't have to sign a similar. on that with your square nipples. <laughs> don't, don't start that rumor. That was a you and me joke. Don't. Oh, I didn't know we were supposed to talk about square nipples. I just felt like Natasha Richardson's nipples looked like it looked like pepperonis like they were so perfectly round and like i have such big boobs that my areolas have ceased to have meaning like the borders have stretched so far like it is it is you know like how there's pangea and then there's the current map like i'm on my way to the current map um okay we're starting a new hashtag called shout your nipples (laughs) (laughs) mine look like if two pink mike and ikes were like sinking into a tar pit (laughs) that's what mine look like mine um mine are i mean again the pangea thing and then mine are like very red and pointy (laughs) and so i'm really glad i'm not having kids because they say that your nipples get longer because it's like to help it like be in the mouth of a kid like i would basically have two like earthworms on me like i can't no thank you i've got enough troubles what with the what with the continental drift we have to move on but i do not want to that was a very fun nip riff well yeah Hashtag nip riff. Hashtag, Hashtag nip riff. shot your nipple. Can you shout your nips? No, just talk about one of them. Leave the other one a mystery. Just shout your nips. Just shout, shout one nipple. Also, if you do, in fact, have square nipples, we definitely want to hear about it. We want to hear about your experience. We want to hear about your square bonsai nipples. Okay. Oh God. I have one more thing, two more things to say about this scene. All so, right. Natasha Richardson 
throws a glass at the wall after Ooh, the yeah. ceremony. And I am very surprised they're letting her, A, have glass, yeah. B, have glass unsupervised. Because very she weird. could for sure kill herself. I don't think they do enough to communicate I agree. the suicidal threat. Because she does, when she gets her nips out, Oof. she figured, because all of her windows are bolted down, but they haven't gotten the windows on the top. And I'm like, this is very shoddy. It Gilead. is shoddy. Come on. You're just asking for an accident. I agree. At any rate, I'm very surprised I let her have glass unsupervised. And also, uh, she sobs on her bed on what appears to be a pillow embroidered with a picture of a Dalek. So, Serena Joy, clearly a Doctor Who fan. Huge Whovian. And at this point, like, you're you're kind of stuck watching, like, the PBS reruns <laughs> and old VHS tapes of Tom Baker. So. so, she was committed. Yeah. Definitely. Although, God, I wonder if they let Doctor Who happen in Ugh. Gilead. Because, I mean, like, those old ones, I mean, and still, really, to this day, like, the Doctor is very, like... <laughs> you know, women are subservient to the doctor. So (laughs) something I want to make our listeners aware of is there are two very striking pieces of art (laughs) in the, the, uh, (laughs) the, uh, the Waterford's house. Number one is in the living room. They have a picture of a small girl in a pink dress just with her hand out for no reason. Like you've seen, you maybe haven't seen this painting, but you've seen this painting. (laughs) In like your nightmares. It, well, and also art museums. <laughs> it's like before people understood what other people really looked like. Yeah. It's just like, what happened? Like, why could we not perceive what anything looked like? Right. And then the other piece, art piece, is very similar, is in Alfred's room on her desk, question mark. And it's like a large stand-up wooden doll it's that like looks... like Annabelle before Annabelle. <sighs> it looks to be the same girl from the painting, which I know is not intentional, but like if you are watching this and need a horror story narrative, pretend it is. I can't believe you're leaving out what I assume is your favorite piece of art, which is the super dramatic portrait <laughs> Of Serena Joy in the foyer. How could I forget? Wow. It is very dynasty. Your, nip, your very... nipple talk just threw me off base. And so I, I forgot. Shout your nips. Hashtag nip. Singular. Nip. Okay. Let's nip it in the bud. <laughs> You're right. So Serena Joy has a gigantic painting of herself. And like, you know, she commissioned that. She definitely. She commissioned it and was like, by the way, my birthday present is. <laughs> this yes. Serena Joy has a birthday week. Of course she does. <laughs> she so does. Absolutely. So that's a great painting. I would love to have that in my home just to have. Good to know. I will email Schlondorf. Please email Schlondorf. I believe is still alive. Wow. Yeah, he was just on a panel somewhere. Oh my God. Well, you know, he probably was part of those uh, East German longevity experiments before we brought him over. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Listen, I just, I finally finished In the Garden of Beasts. Oh, wow. And, You've been uh, reading that all summer. I know. I finally finished it, and then I left it at my parents' house. Oh, good. Uh, so they could think about their choices. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. And I left it in my brother's room, so I don't know if my parents will find it. Ooh. I don't know. I was like, I didn't want somebody to find it and be like, take your book. Because I actually don't have a place for it on my shelf. I think that's wise. Yeah, thank you. We then, at some point during this rigmarole, she is like running through the foyer of the Waterford's house, which is similar to a scene that happens in the book, and Nick finds her. She grabs some scissors. Oh, that's right. They are just leaving sharp objects willy-nilly in this house. (laughs) Willy and nilly just out. I'm surprised they didn't have like a how to kill yourself instruction book. What if Scrooge McDuck's nephews were actually named Willy... Nilly and, and Billy. Billy. Yeah. <laughs> or those are his grandkids? Those are his... Aren't they Donald Duck's They're nephews? Donald Duck's nephews. We so don't have time for this. Deal? Okay. Subscribe to our DuckTales podcast. 
Woo woo. It's called woo. <laughs> that is just the sound. The sound is the name of the podcast. Um, and I promised myself. I'd a- actually call it duck blur. <laughs> That's pretty great. Thank you. I'm really good at coming with podcast names. You sure are. Uh, by the way, stay tuned for my new podcast, which is just me by myself watching all of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I'm calling the podcast Dr. Quinn Medicine Podcast. Because as we explained before, Kelly does not know how to consume anything for pleasure alone. I do not. It is anathema to me. <laughs> Very good use of anathema. Thank you. It is one of my favorite words. Oof. So we get her encounter with Nick, who is, I'm going to tell you right now, never named until the midpoint of the movie, which it we're not even so at much yet. It more sense now knowing that Harold Pinter just like wandered away in a daze yeah. from the screenplay. And like, you know, you know, Schlondorf barely speaks English. Yeah. He was like, yeah, das ist Nick. Das ist Nick. Yeah, you, yeah. You can sense it. Das ist name. It is fine. It's fine. Let's all get it. Schnell! Mach schnell, Natasha Richardson. And <laughs> she heard that voice, and that is what led to her death. Oh, my God. You were coming down so hard. I know. I don't know why. What did she her. do to you? She I love her, too. She, you know what? She, she left us oh by God. participating in the sport of the rich. Guys, never go no, skiing. Look, never go skiing. This is Never a, go skiing. This is nothing if not an anti-skiing podcast. The only reason rich people die is because they do dumb shit. You know they've all got, like, never let me go organ harvest people just <laughs> lying around. True. All that I have to say about her encounter with Nick is that it's V-hot. It's and V-hot. Nick is a big old boob hound as is every other man in this movie they just go straight to the boobs they're straight trying to, to find the boobs some square nips they're just like they've heard the legends metal detectors but for areola <laughs> and they're just in it to win it so he kind of touches her boobs a little bit and then it's like he wants to see you and then a day goes by apparently <laughs> and the days go by and outside of the commander's office, he has either a keypad to enter or a Ritter Sport candy bar. Yeah. They look exactly the Very same. Very hard to tell. Very hard to tell. And like in his, so it's like he seems to live exclusively in this room, which has a bunch of unopened boxes in it. And, and nothing on the shelves. Like a mini fridge and like a cot. And like a like an army issue cot, not like a nice cot. Like the cot that you sleep on in kindergarten. Like it's little and weird and it's just like this house is enormous. And he's I think he's watching the news here. They talk about <laughs> smoking out a pocket of Baptist gorillas. And I was just thinking about like, you know, like passing a joint around to a bunch of Baptist gorillas <laughs> and, you know, getting them real high, speaking in tongues and whatnot. <laughs> Yes, that is a very nice thing to imagine. Also, yes, I know not all Baptists speak in tongues. Okay, okay. Not, hashtag not all Baptists. <laughs> hashtag only Baptist gorillas. <laughs> and that's gorillas with a U. Gorillas. Not gorillas. So he put- As we all know, gorillas are exclusively <laughs> Amish. Of course. That's why they have no buttons on mm-hmm. their clothes. Accurate, accurate. <laughs> then we get the Scrabble scene. She doesn't make a show of losing in this version and they play games other than scrapple in later scenes the which is a weird choice they don't get into it all they don't get into the female literacy restrictions yeah so essentially those don't exist yeah so it's a little jarring when he's like you want some magazines it's like i 
I guess. And well, and she's like, oh, I thought they got rid of those. And, you know, you know what? I because we were talking about what this would be like to watch this movie without any knowledge of the source material. Yeah. And I feel like it would feel the same as I imagine it would feel to watch the movie version of Into the Forest. Oh. Where it was like, I felt like the person writing the screenplay put in things from the book that were unnecessary while leaving other things out. Interesting. Well, a lot of our fans are saying they like that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't. It was like fine. Okay. I just like, look, they took out the sister fucking. Good. And, but they left in everything leading up to it. So it was really jarring. Should we have said spoiler before that? No. (laughs) Look, you've been listening to this podcast long enough to watch (laughs) Into the Forest if you were gonna. You did have time. You had plenty of time. (laughs) And they know about the sister fucking already. Yeah. We kind of, we spilled the beans on that one. The last of their dwindling supply of beans. Yes, that is what we spilled. But it was just like, I don't know. There were just things like they put in all of the backstory with their mom and stuff. And I was like, I don't know that this was necessary. Mm. And like, I could have accepted leaving out that part of their relationship. Right. Like, I think it's really powerful in the book. I'll have to read it as an adult because as yeah. a child, I, I thought it was that icky. makes perfect sense. But it's like, it's sort of like, it's sort of like a reclamation of their bodies. Mm. And like, you know, they haven't been able to touch anybody. That's true. Anyway. Anyway. I had... It, it was fine. Anyway, what do you think of this commander? Um, he's creepy. He's very paternalistic. I like his kind of doddering goofiness. Yeah, I feel like Joseph Fiennes in the TV show is much more of like a young Republican, whereas this guy is like a World War II vet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I just, again, I really dislike Robert Duvall, so I had a hard time sitting through his scenes, period. And like, he's so grabby with her, Ugh. which I did. I did like the abruptness. Yeah. And the fact that he clearly couldn't understand how to read social cues at all. Because like, they're just talking and he like, all of a sudden is like, we kiss now? Me not know. Oh no, Commander Sadface. Yeah. Would you like a piece of my Ritter Sport Bar? <laughs> let's just go through quickly because I would rather not talk about him a ton. But let's go through quickly Commander encounters that happen in the house. So there's one where he has spread a little picnic for them while they're playing what appears to be Clue. <laughs> there is a point when they're playing Clue. I, I believe. completely missed that. Was that when he jacked up those strawberries? No, that's different. This dude's different. cutting up strawberries like an idiot. He cuts strawberries at the waist. It's really weird. I was like, you're wasting. You're wasting. Huh? Get it? Get it? Get it? You're wasting berry, my friend. But there's a point where he's made a little picnic for them on the carpet and they're playing, again, Clue. And he has a glass of Cuddy Sark and she has what looks to be like a decanter of Cosmo. Because it looks pink and it looks like she has her own little cup for it. So that was nice that he made her her own little thing. And then another notable time is they're playing Egyptian War. It looks like. Oh, is that the same as Egyptian Rat Screw? I'm going to have to look into card games. (laughs) I got a deck of Fiona the Baby Hippo cards from my mom. (laughs) Wow, that's nice of her. Yeah. Was that for your birthday? Uh, good question probably. <laughs> so um the thing that i think is most notable about this adaptation is it includes the most important part of the plot <gasps> that uh so far the tv adaptation has not given us do you want to say yes. it on three yeah one two three face, face butter, butter. <laughs> finally we, finally we were on tenterhooks as soon as she asked for lotion we're like oh because, I mean, it would be very easy to just be like, oh, my skin's dry, without him being like, what are you using instead? Uh, 
Magnifique. So Schwandorf has our backs. Schwandorf, you get massive points. Oh my god. Take note, Bruce Miller. What guys, to everybody bitching at us about why we're so strung up on this. Hey, it's not just us. Schlondorf thinks it's notable too. <laughs> and if Schlondorf thinks it's notable, it's fucking notable. And so get off our backs. Product of Nazi longevity experiments. So, so he knows a thing or two about face butter. So they include <laughs> face butter in this. And thus I need nothing more from this adaptation. Yeah, we can probably end the podcast right here. Done. <laughs> JK. Uh let's see. What else is going on? Um definitely the commander is wearing a top gun jumpsuit yeah like that is his leisure attire and i think it is ludicrous and his friend's handmade his name of goose <laughs> he has a need he has a, a need, need for, for speed. speed and a baby they i was upset that in all these interactions with the commander that they never gave the better never means better for anybody line because they kind of dance up to it when he says like oh no no no, i didn't mean you yeah and particularly like if you're gonna go with the forced relocation question mark of black people Mm -hmm. you should probably talk about something yeah and i was disappointed that they didn't but what i do like about this offred is that she is real stupid like the off the book. <laughs> That's true. But she's mouthy. She's, she's like mouthy. mouthy the whole time. She does tell him like, I don't think. I'm like, bitch, I see you thinking. Oof. She has great eyebrows, though. Beautiful as eyebrows. As much as I hate her hair, I love her eyebrows in this. I am team pro hair. I like her hair. I do not like her hair at all. Her hair defies logic. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, there was no continuity on this hair. We have a quick scene somewhere in here with the doctor. I really don't think it's worth mentioning. He was creepy. And here's what I found to be... I had no good sense of the time here. Yeah. I think you have a much better sense of the time in the show, which, I mean, they have more time to develop it, but, like, right. it felt like she'd been there for two days, and, like, she has to go back to the Red Center for her checkups. Well, she had... We know that she had been there at least three months because they said they did the ceremony three times. But weirdly enough, I don't think... I think they made a point to say that she hadn't done the ceremony when she was most fertile. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't get it. But I, like I said, given that I believe they only do the ceremony once a month, it stands to reason that she had been there at least three months. I do think that's so weird because like every book that you read about when you're fertile and when you should have sex to conceive, it's actually like the three days before your period. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. Before you ovulate. Oh. Um, well. Because then like the sperm has more time to get up to hang there. out. Well, because your fluids at that time of the month are less hostile to sperm. Whoa. Have you never read any of this stuff? I thought you get babies by giving people special hugs when you're married. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I really should have put a spoiler alert on that. <laughs> no, I, I have heard all that stuff. I'm not an idiot. Uh, I know your fluids get viscous and the stork comes and puts his beak inside you and lays an egg. Listen, I really don't have the time. Yes. That's what happens. I'm going to call Mitchell. All right. I'm going to have him give you the talk. Come to think of it, he had this weird yellow hat he was wearing earlier. (laughs) That explains the top stuff. Never mind, guys. Figured it out. It was Mitchell pulling one of his classic sex pranks. Hang on, hang on. Mitchell made you sign a contract? Yeah. Isn't that what boyfriends do? Only when they make you marry them. Weird. Oh, man. Oh, my God. We've really uncovered a whole hornet's nest here. My goodness. There is markedly an absence of angst about luke she has zero angst which may have been cut out with the diet with the uh, internal monologue she has zero angst about luke she has a horrible duffel bag 
She's and carting this duffel bag around. Purple red duffel bag. I feel like they just like had a bunch laying around. <laughs> They're like, oh, the Chicago Bulls. Well, they don't exist anymore. So I guess let's give their duffels to the handmaids. Guys, hold the duffels backwards. That's <laughs> We won't see the logo I then. I hate this duffel so much. I agree. It's a dumb duffel. But, then, but we also see no... There's ne- they mentioned the previous Offred, but we get no Nolite. There's no Nolite. No Nolite. No 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 no. no. It's like the musical version. No no Nolite. <laughs> <laughs> so that's upsetting. And she does talk to the other handmaids, like she talks to Off Glen a little bit, but they never mention Mayday until the end. And, and then it, it's just like, oh, hey, guys, remember Mayday from before? Well, <laughs> at the end, Nick says, don't worry, I'm with Mayday. Like, that should mean something. <laughs> and it doesn't. So I think that's something that ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Just like his name. So we know that Offer's running out of time. She's yep. turned down the doctor, who's very handsy. And then he's like, I'll see you next month. And I'm like, why did you go ham, dude? Like, if she's coming back next month, you would just fuck her then. <laughs> like, pencil it in. Ew. Well, I'm just saying, like, she might be getting progressively more desperate. Yeah, that's true. But so, she does, she is more aggressive in this one in that she, like, smacks him yeah, away. She's, she's like, just more aggressive physically than I've ever seen her. Well, but nobody else is being physically aggressive with her. Yeah. So I guess she, like, has the wherewithal to be there. Gotta fill the gap. So Serena Joy is like, hey, uh, you're running out of time. Hold this yarn. Hold this yarn. Give me a cigarette. And I'm like, bitch, yeah. So much smoking in this. It's fantastic. Right. And we had a question. Did we just remember it incorrectly or is there no smoking in the TV version? I don't think there's any smoking in the TV version. Minus the joint that Moira smokes. Yeah. Somebody will correct us if we're wrong, but I'm pretty sure people don't intentionally put smoking in stuff anymore. I know. It's probably for the best. Yeah. It's definitely for the best. I guess. For me, it's for sure for the best. (laughs) Like, you you saw how excited I was. I know. It was too excited. So she propositions her that she should have sex with Nick, and she's like, yeah. (laughs) She basically says that. She's like, So she, bow, bow. <laughs> she like looks straight at the camera and like raises one eyebrow and like bites her lip, <laughs> which I thought was heavy handed, but whatever. Then she goes to Nick's room and I don't know if I'm just soups horny today, but he's like, she told Serena Joy told me to fuck you, fuck you real hard. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Also, I feel like Nick's apartment is exactly what they use in the TV show. I think it is. It's like exactly the same. Relative to the house, it's the same. The inside is the same. They just <laughs> kept that set and they're like, eh, this will do. Uh, but then they have sex and it's very hot because she's so into it because she has no angst in this. She has, no, she has no angst about Luke and no angst or like apprehension about boning down with Nick. At all. And it's never the idea that Nick is maybe a bad guy is never introduced until the very, 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 and you're very, like, Wait, very really? end. Come on, dude. Which I think came across okay so this is where her hair was the most egregious though because it was all like it was like all like flattened out right. then she gets to his door and all of a sudden like wash and curl don't like, you i don't know what happened don't you know that your hair curls when you're aroused mine doesn't oh weird well yeah. get that checked okay you know what i'm not gonna take your word on anything actually now that i think about it yeah 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 so they have this good sex scene. It rewards you for watching a horrifying movie because there's actually good sex yeah, for this. Yeah, this is actually... Like, this, like, I don't feel like the sex between Nick and Offred is that great in the show. Like, it's, it's not a, It's I, not arousing. This is very, like, Red Shoe Diaries. 
Yes, it is, Kelly. Say what you will about the works of Zalman King. Whoa. <laughs> hey, here's a fun fact I don't know where to put. Uh, Sigourney Weaver was up for this role. Wow. And she turned it down. I feel like she looks too much like Faye Dunaway. I agree. The next scene, I believe, is when the birthmobile comes. Oh, and we, we've skimmed a little bit over what happens in the Red Center, but they do have my favorite scene where Janine is cracked and is trying to serve people yeah. coffee. So we've met Janine and we've seen that Janine is pregnant. And so we're going to the birth, which is really funny. The way that they do the birth here is the bed is outside and everybody <gasps> else is kind of milling around like it's a barbecue. They have a fucking jazz band. There's a jazz band. There's little kids there. Everybody's having a grand old time. It's like the wedding scene in Steel Magnolias. Like <gasps> off screen is the armadillo movie. cake. And I love the Lifetime remake. What? They made a Lifetime remake with uh, Condola Rashad, Felicia Rashad's daughter. No way. Queen Latifah plays <gasps> Malin. Jill Scott plays Truvy. Shut uh, up. B- 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 I can't remember who else is in it. Oh my God, I want to uh, see that. It's so good. Steal My Noise is one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. It makes me cry. And like honestly, like the script makes me really angry because I was in it. And like I feel like Robert Harling is like really manipulative. Like His writing style is very manipulative. In a bad way? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's like cheapens the story the way that he tells it. Ooh, I disagree because I have also read the play. Uh, his sister died of right. diabetic and I complications. I feel like it's very manipulative of him but to I, make us relive that. I don't. <laughs> anyway, and I also stop that movie after the Christmas part. Always. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> I can't take it. I skip through. I usually skip through her her diabetic seizures. And I stop it after a certain point. You don't even watch Malin's speech at the end? Oh, you mean Sally Fields trademark? Sad, then angry, then sad again? Uh, Yeah, you mean Scorpio Sally Fields? Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Wow, guys, if you've been playing the drinking game, you got real far this episode. We're everywhere. Lord, let's move on. We're everywhere. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. And yet, I love you with all my heart. Aw. You silly cancer. Dance puppet. And then I guess the next thing that we should move on to. Well, unless... There's no cuddling in dystopia. <laughs> yeah. Because after they have sex. like, And it's weird because you think Nick's going to be the one who doesn't want to cuddle. Because like, he like sits up and is being weird. And then Alfred's like, I got to go. Yeah. As we should. And then we move past the birth barbecue. And there is a beautiful moment at the end where Janine asks what the baby was. And Offred just, like, doesn't tell her. Yeah, which is kind. So I guess they don't nurse them. I mean, not version. that we saw. We don't see it. They didn't pay for that actress's nipples. <laughs> they can. They only have a two-nipple budget. <laughs> Three if you count the one we saw at Jezebel's, which, <laughs> that's a good transition. There were a lot of nipples at Jezebel's. Okay. Blurry nipples don't count. They weren't blurry. They so, were behind mesh, but they weren't blurry. <laughs> so let's go to the Jezebel scene, then. So the outfit that he gives her... The one note I will give this movie is not tawdry enough. Nothing is tawdry I enough. I thought that Jezebel's was tawdrier in the movie than it was in the TV show. Agreed. Because it's very like the stuff you would see in the window at a like cut rate sex shop. Right. But neither of them are as tawdry as I want them to be. Uh, it also features a song <laughs> sung by the fine young cannibals. Boy. And he comes. This is okay. This is where it went a bridge too far for me. Okay. So like he gets her in the clothes. Basically a prom dress. He gets her in the car. Right. She doesn't do her hair, and then they get to Jezebel's, and suddenly she yeah. has done her hair <laughs> and makeup. We don't get any 
you know, context on this. But anyway, they get in there and he's like, oh, like stepping into the past. And I'm like, this is 1985. It legit looks like a prom. You mean the recent past? Yeah. It's a sex prom. Uh, sex prom. (laughs) What a heady time. (laughs) Uh, Yes, sex prom. You don't have these. I don't know what accent that was. Oh, you don't have a sex prom? Oh, you don't have a sex prom? We had several. We We have several sex proms. We had junior sex prom, (laughs) senior sex prom, and Sadie Hawkins sex prom. (laughs) You do not have these? Wow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Americans are so puritanical. My theme for my sex prom was enchantment under the sea. But the sea was our despair. (laughs) I was going to say enchantment under the sex swing. (laughs) It changed from school to school. (laughs) Oh, boy. So we see Moira at Jezebel's looking real cute. Yes. And... You know, this in this version, they downplay the idea of defeated Moira a lot. She's just kind of like... Yeah, she's like normal Moira. Happy fuck around Mo- Except Moira. Except she also doesn't have a hand. Which is scary. And I think maybe they thought that it was more sinister if she seems happy in spite of this horrendous torture that she's trying to downplay. Which but I like, think is an interesting choice. She fine young cannibals. Yeah, and smoke. It's fine and have sex with whoever she wants. I'm still into it. And I I think the dynamic between Moira and Offred is different in this, but I still enjoy it. Then immediately they go home. Nick is mad at her for like a second, even though he totally gave her the up down look at sex prom. Yeah. Well, and it's like, dude, uh, she's not exactly in a position to do or not do anything. Like, yeah. She's only having sex with you because she has to. Yeah. Like she kind of wants to. Ugh. But uh, is this where he's fixing his radio? Like she comes into his, she comes into his room and he's like fixing his radio, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, he got this new Fine Young Cannibals tape. <laughs> they were selling them at their gig at Jezebel. That's really cool of them. But then it's where she says that she's pregnant, likely with his baby. And here they use a lot of great dialogue from the book. I, I really that a line stirs me that he'll love you to death, and so will she. Because there's a twisted part of me that does want to see what it would be like for Alfred to be pregnant in that house with mm-hmm. two people, especially Serena Joy, who is just craving a baby. Yeah, so hardcore. And when I write my fan fiction, I'll write that. <sighs> and uh, so she she asked him to get her out. And it's kind of, it seems to be kind of a moot point. She's going nuts. Yeah. And like, he's like, I can't. She's like, do it. It's, I don't know. I don't like, I'm not a huge fan of this ending. Yeah. And it kind of, it kind of kicks off here. Kind of. Where she's like begging him to take her. Right. And then the next scene is the participation. So we have them hang the handmaid. And this, again, because we get no context about Mayday. Yeah. This is just like out of nowhere. Out of left field at the end of this participation, which, by the way, the man that they kill altogether looks like Rick Moranis. <laughs> so they're like, he raped and killed a handmaid. Also, he shrunk the kids. <laughs> As they're leaving the participation, Offglen says to her, like, your commander is really high up. Well, she also says he was political. He wasn't a rapist. Right. Like, and again, it's like, why are you telling this to me? And he did shrink the kids. <laughs> that part, they got right. We don't know where they are. Auntie! They're riding a cockroach right now. It's an ant. Oh. In Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves as a Cockroach. Oh, that must okay, be where I'm great. confused. The better one, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> we're really coming down hard on sequels that probably don't hold up today. <laughs> I don't care. I love that. 
Honey, I blew up the kid. Dumb as fuck. That movie was so stupid. Ret- that kid not deserved good. to be blown up. Yeah. I don't mean the way that it was. Yeah. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yes. So she, off Glenn is suddenly political and suddenly tells her, we, we, our organization, which is not named, may need you to kill him. And it's like, whoa, buy me a drink for her. Jeez. The commander yeah. did. <laughs> And then what is even more bizarre is she's off Glenn, off, pardon me, off Red, goes back to her house and is looking through her desk drawer. And somehow there is a note that says, like, kill him. Or what does it say? 10 p.m. tomorrow. That's all it says. She's 10 p.m. tomorrow. Switchblade fish boning knife. And how? So many questions. How the fuck? Did she get into her house? Unless they're implying that, like, Rita and Cora are also working for And, like, them. we haven't gotten into Rita and Cora, but, like, they don't There's seem like they're capable of a lot. Nothing to get into. Um, so somehow they snuck this weapon into her house, and yet here's where we get the reveal when she goes out to shop with Off Glen the next day. Bum, bum, bum. It's Off Glen 2.0. Okay, here's where I was like, they look identical. They totally look like, identical. Like, this does not look at all different. <laughs> Y'all, in Germany, women look very different. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they don't look. Sometimes, sorry, you- <laughs> Schlondorf, but you did it. You really screwed the pooch on this. Sometimes one. you accidentally take the same Fräulein to sex from two years in a row. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> so this is when shit gets real, I guess, because you get that they switched out off Glens. I suppose. Um, and then from there, I, I'm well, making a gesture because it just kind of goes downhill. Well, so Serena, she gets back and Serena Joy has found her cloak, which is weird because all of the wives that we see are wearing overcoats, right. not cloaks. Okay. Well, because, you know, again, we have the commander. He was like giving her the cloak and he was saying there won't be any wives there. Well, we're going. We don't need wives. <laughs> so Serena Joy flips out on her. Kind of. Yeah. And we're like, okay, what's going on? And then she's watching the clock. It gets to be 10 o'clock. She goes in to see the commander and he's like, I didn't tell you to punch into my Ritter Sport Bar. <laughs> And then he, she's like, you have to help me. And then he's like, oh, I can't do anything to help you. Serena Joy gave me hell about the whole Jezebels thing. And like, they have this weird, you know, he has her sit on his lap. This is like consistently, she's sitting on his lap. Yas, this is how we pose at sex prom. Yeah. The women always sit on the men's laps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's to hide our boners. <laughs> it's boner, and- B-O-E, with an umlaut. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. And then she kind of like hugs him and then... Puts the knife Plato like into his neck. Like, I just thank God that we have better violence in film now. This was awful. I was like, have you even seen Videodrome? You could do way better than this. Come on. Come on. So she stabs him in the neck and nowhere else. David Cronenberg is Canadian. I know you've seen it. And that is enough to kill the commander. Apparently. Because he topples to the floor dead. So Offred is covered in blood. Right. She goes then to her room and all of a sudden there's a, there's a car with eyes that pulls up. A matte car. Everything has a matte <laughs> black paint job. Because uh, shine is too ostentatious. Yeah. Apparently God hates <laughs> a shiny car. So they come in to like get her and then like Nick, I guess like didn't know that this was happening. No, he did. Did he know that she was going to kill him? Yeah. I honest. Oh shit. Do you, you know what? He put the knife in there. Yep. Well, anyway, I'm just now putting the dots together. So then Serena Joy comes out and they're like, she's under arrest. She's like, I didn't call you. And then this Nick, is Nick is like the commander and Serena Joy is very confused. So I think this is done extremely well because I was starting to feel like upset 
that once again, we had no reason to be afraid of Nick. But at this moment where he brings the people to take her, even Natasha Richardson in this mm-hmm. movie is like, oh, shit, I can't believe you did this. Yes. Which like, is are you perfect. Evil? It's so great. Have you been evil this whole time? Oh, it's so great. And so they cart her out of the house. They throw her in the van and he does the Aladdin like, do you trust me? Like, yeah, shh, shh, shh. be cool. Be cool. Trust me. And sure enough, they drive her out to some outskirts. Well, and she's tra- she's like, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. And he's like, bitch, you can't. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot. And I'm like, get it together. This, But you know what? It's very similar to the reaction that she had when Luke was shot. That's true. So at least she's consistent in her Something. suckery. Yeah. So they take her out and they said, he says, these guys are Mayday. Like we're supposed to know what that means. Before. Oh, uh, Harold oh. Pinter didn't write that part of the script. Never mind. We're already over budget. JK. So they take her away. And the movie ends with a nice little bow tying where they show the footage of kind of Gilead burning in the absence of the commander. Well, it wasn't that. It it's was, a little bit. Well, once the commander was killed, they were bombing the state right. to drive out the Mayday terrorists. I see. So unclear... What happened after that? A really good example of how I think the TV is used to great effect in this movie. And then we go to the kind of like Brazil happy ending <laughs> for uh, Offred where she's living in a trailer with a dog, which is all any of us have ever wanted. And she's she does the only bit of voiceover that she does the whole film where she's kind of like, yeah, I hear from Nick every now and then, but I'm kind of out here by myself trying to wait it out. She's very pregnant. People are bringing her food. Yeah. She's it's hoping a- that her baby is born into a different world. I, I don't mind this ending. It's fine. I, think I it's just okay. don't like it as much as the book. But again, clearly they had troubles with ambiguity. Yeah. One ambiguous thing, mm. when they're in the truck with the other eyes, yeah. Nick is like, take her to the next railroad station presumably meaning the underground female road but you know uh schlondorf was like (laughs) yeah this pun it does not translate into german so just show another another bit of footage of them mistreating the black people i like that part (laughs) like there was a gratuitous amount harold pinter was most insistent before he quit and disappeared into a fog (laughs) (laughs) so i actually i would if we're on a scale of five, I give this movie a healthy three and a half. I would give it a straight three. Yeah. I really liked it, though. I think I like it better than I like the adaptation of Into the Forest. Oh, good. Um, I would give that maybe a two and a half. I like it better than I like the adaptation of Ella Enchanted. <laughs> okay, great. Perfect. Good to know. Great scale. All right. Well, that was good. Thank you for watching that with me. Yeah, I had a good time. You. It was fun. I always enjoy watching this stuff. Oh, man. With you. Me too. Except for that time when you faked me out and I thought you were crying and I comforted you and you're like, yeah, are you crying? I and I was my embarrassed. My allergies have been acting up ever since <laughs> I was traveling. So okay. I'm sorry that I sniffled and you thought I was crying. I know. And I went to comfort you. And then and you're then like, I went to comfort you because I thought you were upset. No one was upset. Nobody was. <laughs> we were just fine. Well, make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. Recommend us to your friends here between seasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got a little downtime here. Yeah. You know, we'll be putting some stuff out periodically, but, you know, we'll be giving it a bit of a rest. And like I said, please pay attention to our Facebook page because we're constantly posting fun stuff there. We're sharing fan art Friday submissions. So if you have some cool fan art that you've made, it can be like a fan fiction, any kind of art. We had some really cool embroidery and poetry recently. Recently, so I love it. So send them to me. I'll post them. Uh, talk about self-care on Sundays. Talk about Woke Bay on Wednesdays. And stay tuned because we're going to show you ways that we're gonna you're going to be able to support us if you so choose. And Nolite Tebastardes Carborundorum. Dum, 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 dum. dum, dum.
dum 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 Fine nice. genitals. <laughs>